What's up? We want to give thanks to all of our amazing sponsors. Piper Diamonds, your hometown jeweler. Bling, bling at PiperDiamondCo.com. TheCardenasLawGroup.com, your concierge level service, which is for all your personal injury needs. And Compton Broomhead Dental at MunsterDental.com. This is top level luxury dental care. And Finley Volvo Cars of Las Vegas. Safety first since 1927. All right, Kelly Cardenas podcast. Let's go. Give a brief introduction of uh, the first speaker we have. I, I, I met um, Kelly. Um, I, I met Kelly the same time I met Michael, actually. So I, I met Kelly about 21 years ago. Um, uh, I was about 25, 26 years old, and uh, it's when he was the kind of a salon director at the uh, Robert Chromium Salon at the Mandalay Bay. Um, and I thought I had gotten haircuts before. I mean, this is when I had hair, so you know, don't kind of roll your eyes when I talk about haircuts because I know what haircuts used to be like. Um, but I, you know, I thought I had gotten some great haircuts before, but when I went in to Kelly's salon for the first time, I was, I, my, my whole mind was, was shattered. My, everything I knew, I, and actually it's what, it, he doesn't know this, it, this has inspired me and our restaurant group um, for the past 20 years, as well as it, is some of the tricks that, and some of the things that they did at the salon. First of all, when you walked into the salon and when you walk into a Cali Cardena salon, nobody else matters. You are the most significant, the most important person in the world at that time. From the person that greets you to the person that takes you and right, you, get, you, you get changed. They give you this nice, beautiful smock so you don't get your shirt filled with hair. You have a changing room, right? Then they take you over to the shampoo station. You're like, oh, okay, I get my hair, hair shampooed. Yeah. But at the shampoo station, one, they've got some, you know, special like tea tree, whatever shampoo that starts making your scalp tingly. But then the water temperature is perfect. You start getting a massage, right? It's like a, not, and it's not like a, a 30 second massage. It's like a three, five minute massage, right? Neck, head, forehead, right? And your head's tingling. You get this massage. Then boom, they bring you over to the chair and you get the best haircut you've ever had. And it's not just, you know, about a haircut, you know, Kelly's thinking about how am I going to, you know, how, you know, what's this going to look like in four weeks? What's it going to look like in five weeks? What's it going to look like today? Right. And he plans the whole trajectory of, of your look. Right. And then guess what? You get another head massage, shampoo and conditioning treatment, and you walk out of there just completely blown away. Right. And for me, you know, it was a treat. Every time I got to go get my hair cut from Kelly Cardenas at, at the salon, it was something I looked forward to um, a couple days before. I, I especially look forward to it that day. And, you know, it's very, uh, you know, it's very analogous to what we do, right? I, I, I say it a lot. I, you know, it, what we do is the highlight of everybody's day. 
you know, when someone gets to go out to dinner, when they get to go break bread with their friends, or when they get to go out with their business associates, or they get to go on a date or see, you know, see a relative they haven't seen for a while, it is the highlight of their day, their week, probably even their month, right? We, we get to live in the moments where people celebrate. And that's where Callie lives too. And he gets to live in a, a place where, you know, um, he gets to, you know, celebrate the highlights of people's lives. And so I, I, that was the first time I met him. I've always been a huge fan. I've, uh, you know, and he's just been a dynamic personality. He's someone that I've, you know, looked up to and just been enamored with for the past 20 years. You know, he's gone on, not obviously from salon director to kind of own now, you know, being a worldwide, uh, kind of, force within the world of hair he's opened his own salons whether it's in las vegas san diego um chicago all around the world kelly is known uh for just being at the leading edge of of not just uh hairstyling and and such but education um teaching culture being uh you know a, a cultural leader, not just with him in his salons, but salons around the world, not just salons, everyone around the, around the world. He's an author, he's a father, um, and, and he's a, he's a Warriors fan. Um, but, uh, just, uh, please, you know, I, I'd love to welcome, uh, my, my great friend, Kelly Gardenas. Thank you so much, Patrick. I, I appreciate you. I'm humbled. Uh, you know, he, he's very, very nice about this stuff. Uh, it's, it's great to be able to be here with you guys. And uh, I've, I've been bragging to all my friends, my family. Uh, my, my whole family is huge, uh, huge fans of, of you guys' restaurant group and what you guys do. And I want you guys to realize what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Like what you do matters so much, you know, and, and it, it really transforms. When Patrick's talking about it, I think a lot of times when we're in that situation, uh, scenario when we do what we do, right? So you guys are in the restaurant business. And so you might think, okay, say when I get home, uh, if I, you know, lay some food on a plate or whatever it is uh, for my family, oh, that's just, you know, it's just what I do. Um, but a lot of times we don't realize what we do is so special. And I could tell you this, we moved to the greatest uh, city, I believe, in the history of the world, which I live in Carlsbad, California. It is actually heaven. Uh, Grace asked me where, where I was, or I think it was Maya or Grace, asked me where I was today, and I said heaven. And I really meant it, meaning that I live in Carlsbad. But the one thing that we do not have here in Carlsbad is you guys. We do not have fine dining. I lived in Las Vegas for 14 years. And I was so spoiled. I thought the way that the cuisine is, the way that I can go to a, a, a Mina restaurant, that is everywhere. It's not everywhere. And I want you to realize how much of an impact you have. My wife is the happiest she's ever been in her entire life, anywhere she's ever lived. But the one thing she constantly talks about is that we do not have a place to go out to eat. We don't have that place to be able to, 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 to spend time, to have that date night uh, on the level that we experienced it uh, with you guys. So I want to uh, congratulate, and no matter what position you're in, I want you to realize that you matter, um, you know, where, where it is that you're at. So uh, Patrick, I, I appreciate you. I, I look at you and I'm seriously humbled when you're saying that you, you've looked at parts of the experience and um, I was blown away. I took my wife uh, a couple years ago, we went up to uh, Bottle Rock and I had called Patrick. Patrick and I said, Hey, I'm coming to San Francisco. He set me up, um, at one of you guys' restaurants. I walked in and I tell you from, from the music, 
uh, to the way that the, uh, the, the, the hostess greeted us at the, uh, at, at the beginning, to walking us to our table, um, the, the ambiance, like I said, the music, the, the lights, the, I mean, every little detail. I want you to realize that people see this and they understand it. They know it. So again, from, uh, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, if you start in a busing position or you're in a waiting position or you're in a manager position, a director, general manager, all those things, guys, I want you to realize how much you matter and how much of an effect that you have on people like, like myself. Um, so, uh, a, a part that I talk about a lot is, is my son. Um, I was cooking pancakes for him the other day and, uh, you know, this, this is going to be tough talking to, I think, the, the, the pinnacle of the, uh, the culinary industry and talking about my, uh, my part of cooking, which is nowhere near yours. But on this day, my son, uh, he had asked me for some pancakes. I said, you know, does, you know, my daughter wanted some pancakes. I call them pancakes. And I said, uh, you want daddy's pancakes today? He said, yes. And I make shapes. I don't know if you guys have ever made shapes before. Um, but I can make a, a mean shape, but I can, you know, I can do a little dog, whatever it is. It doesn't look just like a dog, but my kids love me. So they are okay with me, uh, <laughs> um, you know, trying these things out. And my daughter said a dog. I made a dog. It kind of looked like a llama, but, you know, who's judging? And then uh, my son was like, Daddy, Daddy, I want Iron Man pancakes. <laughs> and I was thinking, I mean, Daddy can make a dog that looks like a llama, but an Iron Man pancake is going to be a very tough thing to do. Well, my pops was with me right away. He was standing right next to me. And I lo- looked at my dad, and I was like, ah, you know, he said, and he just looked at me like, go ahead, boy, like, try it. And so I tried to pour out the pancake batter into the best Iron Man shape that I possibly could. And you can imagine, this looked nothing like Iron Man, nothing at all. And I looked at it, and I burnt the one side of it, and then I flipped it over. And if you're a parent, you know, you always put the burnt side down. You never put the burnt side up because your kid's not going to eat the stuff, and then you're going to get mad at them and say that they have to sit at the table for the whole time until they finish their, their meal. Well, I looked at this pancake, and it looked, I mean, honestly, it was just a blob of nothing. And my, my, I looked at my dad. I was like, what do I do? I, I whispered to him, what do I do? He wanted an Iron Man pancake. I'm his dad. I'm supposed to be his hero. What do I do? And my dad said, sell it, boy. And I looked, and he looked at me again. He said, sell it, boy. And so what I did is I started singing the song that changed my life. I said, Iron Man pancake, 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 Iron Man pancake. And as I was flipping it, putting some butter on it, I was singing the song. And my, my son was like, Iron Man pancake, Iron Man pancake. He started saying, and I started saying it over and over again. I was like, uh, Maddox, are you ready for this Iron Man pancake? And I started singing the song again. And he said, yeah, daddy, I'm ready for the Iron Man pancake. I said, are you ready for the Iron Man pancake? He said, yes, I'm ready for the Iron Man pancake. I said, are you ready for the Iron Man pancake? And I I started singing the song as I was walking over to the, a little table and I said, Iron Man pancake, Iron Man pancake. And I walked it over and I had this blob of burnt pancake that looked nothing like Iron Man. And I sat it down and right in front of him and he just stopped. He looked at the pancake and then he looked at me and then he looked at the pancake and then he looked at me and then he looked down at the pancake and he paused for a second. And he said, Iron Man Pancake! I want you to realize, guys, the way that you view something is, is it's a reality. What my dad was telling me is, is that if I sold it, if I believed in it, then everyone else would. I want you to realize that you're the greatest. You guys are the greatest restaurant group in the whole entire industry. Like, I brag about you all the time. The fact that I'm on this, I was talking with my buddy Tim Story, who, he's the comeback guy. 
I just told Tim's story and he was like, oh man, you know, Michael is a good friend with my friend, uh, Michael Bolthouse and they're really good friends. This is huge. I can't believe you're being able to do this. And I'm thinking, Iron Man pancake, Iron Man pancake, Iron Man pancake, Iron Man pancake. It is the way in which you look at things. And when we talk about lemonade, guys, it's cliche, right? Everyone says to you, and when Patrick was talking about it, I want you to realize that his steps, uh, sweat for 30 minutes a day, self-enrichment, unplug and reflect, uh, think of uh, food as fuel, express gratitude, serve, and do something hard. I had him on my podcast, and you know who the number one rated person on my podcast was? Patrick. But a lot of times, Patrick is Patrick to us in this environment because we are around. But I want you to realize how special each and every one of you are in the lives of the people that you connect with. There, he is the top rated. He's the most listened to on the podcast. And I've had some crazy people. I've had the general manager of the Tennessee Titans, I think the greatest uh, football team of all time. And Patrick Hummel is the most listened to over the top of him. I've had Grammy Award winners. The song that you guys played today, I just had that guy on my podcast with uh, Switchfoot. And Patrick has been listened to more than him. And I want you to realize that a lot of times we think of these things as words. So what, if you have a pen, uh, if you don't, you don't have to write it down. But what I would suggest is the difference between owning and renting, right? So owning and renting. When you own something, you take a hold of it in a completely different way. And that's what I uh, feel in the Mita group when you guys are talking about it, that you guys grab a hold of things and you really own it. When I come into your restaurants, seriously, like I didn't know if the hostess was the owner because of the ways that she treated me. And a lot of times our mentality from owning to renting is so much different, right? When we rent something, if we knock a hole in the wall in a rented place, we're kind of like, ah, that, that kind of sucks, but uh, you know, I ain't trying to fix it. When we own it, we knock a hole in it. You know what you do? You fix it right away. And that owning of a concept like a, a lemonade, um, making lemonade, it has to be owned because a lot of times people will rent it and they say it for as long as it, it, it applies to them at the particular time. But I want us to look at it as a mentality and a way to be able to take us to that next level. And really, it's just three ingredients. It's really three ingredients. And Patrick listed them off. It's lemons, it's sugar, and it's water. But a lot of times in our life, we don't know really how to construct this and what it really means within our life. And what I would say that the lemons are the circumstances in our life, Right? So those circumstances in our life, no matter who you are, you have bad circumstances. And I could tell you, if I said, uh, raise your hand, everybody that's had bad circumstances in the last, uh, you know, seven months, I could say that every single one of you would raise your hand. We've all had bad circumstances. Circumstances are bad or good, depending on how you look at them. And see, to be able to look at them a little bit different will change the way that you accept them. So the difference between perspective and perception is perspective is the vantage point from which you see it. Per, uh, perception is the way in which you receive it, yeah? So all I have to do to change the way I receive something is change the viewpoint of what I'm looking at. I was just at the ocean today. I've been uh, listening to Patrick, and I try, I'm trying to uh, do my two hours a day. I haven't done two hours yet. I've done an hour and 15 minutes, and I still think I'm all right. I'm better than I was. But I was at the ocean yesterday, and it was very windy. And when I looked at the ocean, I, I said, first of all, I said, the ocean is angry today. And then God said to me, or excited. You see, we could look at the exact same circumstance, and if we look at the exact same circumstance with a little bit different lens or from a different perspective, that vantage point changes the way that we accept it. And a lot, again, this is cliche, so I want to express it uh, for me. I, I grew up in a, a family where I was told that I was, uh, that I was awesome every single day. And I want you to realize that every one of you needs to hear that you're awesome. 
And some people are like, oh, you know, that's for five-year-olds, you know, three-year-olds, 10-year-olds. No, no. There's people in the room right now that haven't heard that you're awesome, like genuinely look you in the eye and tell you that you're awesome, that you haven't heard it in a while. Sometimes you haven't heard it from your spouse. Sometimes you haven't heard it from your friends that are around you. But I want you to realize that every single one of you that is on this call is awesome. The reason why I say this is because every single day when I grew up, my parents told me that I was awesome. Even when I wasn't. I wasn't the most handsome guy in the world. I wasn't the smartest kid in the world. I wasn't the best at sports. But they told me that I was awesome every single day. And they told me something that I would suggest that a phrase that every one of you adopted, uh, they would tell me that I was perfectly, wonderfully made. That I was perfectly, wonderfully made. That I had absolutely no flaw at all. All of them were just a part of my art. And when we start to understand and know and we feel that we're awesome, what, uh, the next part of it is that you're beautiful. Like women, you need to hear that you're beautiful. I mean, Patrick, I remember telling you 20 years ago, I remember telling you that you look good. Like when you come in, you would be smooth. You'd have a suit on. And I would tell them, you're handsome. You look good. But a lot of times we're afraid to tell someone that, that, they, that they look beautiful today or we're afraid to hear it ourselves or we're afraid to tell uh, ourselves that we're beautiful. For so long, I didn't realize that I had a flat head. And then I went on a vacation to Utah, and I was with my cousin, and you know how you snap on uh, your cousins or your friends, you know what I mean? Guys, guys do this. I don't know, ladies, you don't do this as often, because you take it personal. Like, guys, we have roasts for our 40th birthday. Ladies, you ain't trying to do a roast, because you wouldn't have them friends anymore. But I went to Utah, and I, I had never looked at myself from the side, and we were snapping on each other, me and my cousin, we were going back and forth. He was like, oh, yeah, well, you got a flat head, and just, it just went silent. And I was like, that was insensitive. And then I looked in the mirror from the side, and literally, I have no occipital bone. But I never knew it because I only viewed myself this way. And then I had a decision to make. I had a decision to walk around and just try and face people this way and not have them see the side of my head or the, the, the side of my head so they couldn't see that it was, it was flat or that I could realize that I had no flaws and my parents told me that I was awesome. My parents told me that I was beautiful and that I was handsome. And so I could own it. And when I owned it, then I was to my, uh, my cousin, I was like, I got a flat head. And everybody that I would uh, talk to, I'd be like, I got a flat head. And we'd get past it. But a lot of times we're looking at our flaws. We're looking at the flaws within our life. We're looking at the flaws in the circumstance as opposed to just changing the viewpoint of which we see it. It's not changing the circumstance itself. You can't change the coronavirus. But you sure can look at it a little bit different. What did it do? It helped us to be able to look through the tech, right? It looked through the tech. It looked through being able to open up different aspects of what it is that we're doing. And what I would suggest is that we start to really dream right now because we have the time. That we dream. And the last one in this, guys, as far as the perspective, when you want, truly want to change your perspective, number one, you got to know that you're awesome. Number two, you got to know that you're beautiful. And, and then number three, you just got to know that you can because when you know that you're awesome, when you feel awesome, like I felt awesome today. Why? Because I got to speak to you. I told all my crew, I just had a virtual meeting that we've been doing for 14 years on Zoom. For the last 14 years, every one of our locations all over the country meet every single Tuesday and every single person in the company stands up in front of the, uh, the computer and says how awesome someone else is and how they inspired them. And when I was on there, you know why I was feeling awesome? Because I got to come and talk to you. I told him at the end, I said, yeah, and I'm speaking to the top restaurant group in the whole industry, and I'm about to go and do that. And I was like, bang, bang, like, you know, I feel awesome. So you know what it was? I get to know that I can. 
I've got wings now. I want you to know that you can, looking at you, know, you guys' video, like looking at the video of all of you wearing masks, doing your thing, you know, maybe doing Grubhub or whatever it is. Maybe you never thought you were going to be doing that. I never thought that I could be able to get me some great cuisine from Michael Mina, uh, uh, you know, delivered to my door. I never thought in a million years, but I also never thought in a million years that they had shut all my businesses down and I wouldn't be able to have any income streams for uh, four months. Well, you know what I was able to do? They took away my, uh, my ability to touch people physically, and I thought that that was my thing that I had, but I realized that my thing was not touching people with my hands, but it was touching people with my heart. And there's so many different ways to be able to do that through modern days and to- tools and technology. So number one is the, lemonade, uh, the lemons, right? It's the circumstances. But all we have to do is just change our mindset. We have to change the way that we look at it. And when we uh, seriously start to look at and adopt things in a different way, and we look at it different. People were saying, oh, man, it's so uh, crazy that the coronavirus happened and all your salons shut down. You guys' restaurants shut down. For me, it wasn't crazy. It was exciting. Why? Because I got to start the podcast. I got to speak to more people this year than I've ever spoke to in my life, and I'm home with my family. I just got to do a class for 100 people, hands-on, in Michigan, Indiana, and Ohio. And the greatest thing about it is when I was done, 15 minutes later, I was on the beach with my son, and I did not have to fly anywhere and stay in any any nasty hotel. I want us to look at the advantages of it. The second one is uh, sugar. And sugar is one of those things, again, like we could say, you just need to add a little sugar to it, right? How many of you guys, uh, you know, I'm sure that you have. How many of you have ever had somebody that was that joyous person, that positive person that you seriously wanted to punch in the face? When you had something nasty happen, you know, don't call Patrick, because Patrick is going to be like, look, Spend 10 minutes alone. Eat for fuel. And you're going to be like, no, I want to eat a Costco pizza. I want to get fat during this uh, COVID time. And I want to be nasty. I want to eat some ice cream. And I want to just be just foul. And then you got the positive person. That's, but when I say that, Patrick actually believes it. He believes it at his core. But I know that most of us that are normal human beings, then we have the tendency to be like, oh, well, you say sugar, but how can that happen? I want to help you to construct sugar right now. And sugar is not happiness because with happiness comes sadness, but happiness and sadness comes from circumstance. And if you're waiting on your circumstance for you to be happy or sad, you're going to be flowing like this. And a lot of us do this. How many of you do this, right? Yay, I'm the greatest in the whole entire world. My restaurant's the best. And then the next day, a a client calls in and says that it's awful. And you're like, wow, maybe I should get out of the business. Yay, I'm on it high. I just opened a place. Wow, I'm sad because I just closed a place. Wow, I'm happy because we're expanding all over the world. Wow, the whole world shut down and we can't even do our jobs, right? That's, that's what life is, and we flow on those things, but I want to take you off the roller coaster. I want you to be able to look into, as opposed to being happy, which comes sadness too. Seek joy. Seek joy and choose joy. Joy is a mindset. Joy is a mindset saying, you just shut down everything. This is a one-word way, one word, just one word that can change everything. One word, my mom gave it to me. She never cursed in her life. She thought poop was a bad word. But what she told me is when, I remember waking up late uh, for work one day, and I was so out of, uh, out of sorts, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to be late, and all this stuff. And you know what she said? Shit. Wake up earlier tomorrow. When my tire popped on the way to work, and I couldn't get there, 
Shit. Maybe I wasn't supposed to be there at the time. When I missed my flight. Shit. Maybe I wasn't supposed to be on that flight. Maybe it was going to crash. When I lost my job. Shit. Maybe I'll start a company. I lost my job on my day off like Craig from Friday. Shit. Maybe it's time to start a new company. My company got shut down. Shit. Maybe it's time to look at the efficiencies. Maybe it's time to look through the virtual side. What can we do virtually? How can we deliver our products to our guests on a completely different way? And if you can literally shrug your shoulders and say, shit, I'll make it better next time. You start to adapt and start to adopt a joyful mindset. And that mindset is made in just four things, guys. Just four things. If you control four things in your life, you will have joy in your life always. Control, number one, all it is is just nouns. It's people, places, things, ideas. Control the people that you will allow around you. You guys all have that friend that, you know, you are all excited and you're like, oh, wow, it's 75 degrees outside. We're going to Disneyland. They're like, you know how many people died at Disneyland uh, last year? You guys all know that friend. And if you don't know that friend, it's probably you. But you got to be conscious of the people that hang around you and, and really the people that bring you joy, the people that really lift you up. I'm around people that I have friends that from when I was in fourth grade and they don't care what I've ever done. They just tell me I'm awesome at just being me. And I want you to realize that you don't have to do anything. You don't have to have the top rated uh, uh, restaurant in all of the MENA group. Although Patrick's going to be like, yes, you do. What I want you to understand is you just show up and you be you and you bring that in and you love on people and you don't allow the people in and around your circle that are that person that's telling you all the things that you can't because you can, because you're awesome, because you're beautiful. Places, it's easy, guys. Great people hang out in great places. The more and more that I hang out with great people, I find myself in great places. And when I go to great places, I find great people. Women say this to me all the time. I speak all over the country and the world, and when they come up to me afterwards, they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm having a challenge with my husband. And I'm like, where'd you meet him? And they tell me. They're like, oh, I met him in the bar. I'm like, okay, cool. That, that probably is not going to work. And I'm not saying that it can't work, but I'm saying that if you go to the dump and you get mad because you found some trash, you're going to be in a world of hurt. So controlling the nows, the people, the places, the things, the things in our life, guys, we can have things. We can have watches, we can have rings, we can have diamonds, we can have cars, we can have houses, but don't let them have you. You see, a thing means nothing without a story. I'm wearing a pinky ring today. No man, grown man should ever wear a pinky ring unless he's in the mob. But I'm wearing a pinky ring. Want to know why? Because I told my wife when we were uh, dating, and she said, what do you ultimately want? And I said, a pinky ring. She's like, I don't want to date you anymore. And 10 years into our marriage, we were at a, uh, in Maui, and we went to a jewelry store. We were looking at a couple things, and I saw this pinky ring, and I was like, I put it on, and I was like, I want that one, I, it looked, you know, because it was ridiculous. And she's like, you need to have it. And I said, no, I was joking. I don't really want a pinky ring. And she's like, no, you need to have it. She got down on her knee, and she asked me, and she said, 10-year anniversary, will you please take this ring? And so I wear this ring on my finger, and, uh, you know, it's ridiculous. But it's a thing that has a story behind it, and it's because my wife loved me and because my wife knows that I'm silly, and the next thing that I want is a big, fat dookie rope. You know what I'm talking about, one of the gold chains that the Run DMC wears, and I want to wear that, be the only rapper that doesn't have one or the only non-rapper that has one. The last thing is ideas, guys. It's amazing being in this presence because when you hear Patrick talk, he talks about ideas when I was talking with a Grace, she was talking about ideas. She wasn't talking about people. 
unsuccessful people talk about people. Successful people talk about ideas. When I get in circles, crazy circles uh, throughout the world, all they talk about is ideas. What I want you to uh, understand and know is when you start talking about ideas, you will free yourself to go to a completely different level. This last one, guys, is, you know, we've got the, uh, the, 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 the lemons, which is the circumstances in our life. We've got the sugar, which is the joy. And choose joy. Seriously, choose joy. Don't choose happiness. People told me all the time, you need to seek happiness. You need to seek happiness. No, 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 choose joy. Choose joy. Because joy can take the worst situation in the world. The worst. And when you look at it a little bit different, it's some other person's dream to be in your garbage. The last one here, guys, is the water. See, water makes things flow. We always talk about this in, in life and with people. And we talk about, oh, well, uh, this person was flowing. You guys ever get into a flow in your restaurant? You guys ever have that perfect night and everything was going right? Everything was flowing. Uh, food was coming out at the right time. The chef was hitting it. The, uh, the way, you know, waitress, the, uh, the hostess, everything was hitting. All the reservations, they were showing up on time. It was bang, bang, bang. You were in that flow. But a lot of times we don't know how to construct it. It just happens. We're like, oh, wow, flow. Okay, cool. But I want to help you to construct it. Number one, you have to have a foundation. You see, a foundation is the lowest uh, load-bearing part of a building and it's generally below the surface. And what I want you to understand is that your foundation is that you're awesome. Your foundation is that you're beautiful or handsome. Your foundation is that you can. And when you dig that deep underneath the ground, no matter what you build on top of it, it takes its own life. It takes wings. People start to come in. See, people ain't coming to your restaurant because you have the best food. People are coming to your restaurant because of who you are. The second one is love. And if you, you need to, uh, you know, number one, we need to realize our definition of love. We need to understand and know what that is. And we need to uh, find what I call my love Google. My love Google. Like, literally, I could type up love in my, my, my computer and it says, Pops. It says my brother. It says Tim's story. It says my buddy Dave, my buddy Will from uh, fourth and sixth grade. The reason why, when it, that pops up, I could text them anytime when I'm down and I know that they're going to fill me up with love. What I would suggest is find that and figure out where you can go and you know you'll get the love. Before I got in this call, I, I, I got with my pop and my pop prayed with me. He's like, boy, it's already done. It's already done. Just accept it. You're going to be great. You're the best. You're the greatest. So act accordingly. That's what he said. The third one in this is oblivious. You see, you got to be oblivious to anything else but your focus. And for me, some people call it, you know, just that, that tunnel vision or, you know, they put blinders on. But what I want you to realize is let's become oblivious to anything else but Michael Mina Group being the greatest restaurant group in the whole entire industry in the world. Let's be oblivious to anything else that's said besides that or anything else that's done besides that. And when you start to live in that, you become oblivious to it. it the, the impacts don't, uh, don't hurt you anymore. Because now when they shut you down, what do you do? You open outside. When they shut you down again, what you do? You deliver it to their house. And then you start to look at things because now I'm oblivious. For me, I'm oblivious. I think of it as Teflon, right? I got a pinky ring. I might be in the mob. I think of it as oblivious. I'm thinking, you can't take my ability to touch people away. You can't. No matter what. Because if my internet goes down, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a megaphone. If a megaphone don't work, then I'm going to drive up and down in my car and just yell out the window, yo, you want to check me out? That's my Twitter. 
but you got to be oblivious. And the last one in this, guys, you got to live in a state of wow, because every single one of you, at some point when you started, even if you started two weeks ago, what you're doing right now was a dream at some point in your life. I could tell you this, Patrick, when I met you 21 years ago, it was a dream to be the president of the MENA group. It was a dream to be in that spot because we weren't in that spot at the time. And when we live in a state of wow, it changes everything. See, I was driving down the uh, PCH. And as I was driving down PCH, I turned on a song, and it was Don't Sweat the Technique by Eric B. and Rakim. And if you haven't heard the song, please do yourself the favor and check the song out. It's gangster. But it was Don't Sweat the Technique I was in. You guys ever been in your car? You, you turn the music up, even if you got a not that great of a stereo, and you just crank it. And I cranked it. I rolled down the windows, and I was rolling down PCH, and I was like, man, and I started crying. I was like, why am I crying? I'm listening to Eric B. and Rakim. And what I realized is I was listening to the exact same song that I was listening to when I was 16 years old and I had a 71 Corolla station wagon, two-door station wagon, which that shouldn't ever happen, with spray tint on my windows, house speakers in the back, radio in the glove box, amp underneath the, uh, the, the rickety old uh, seat, transmission slipping, couldn't drive, uh, couldn't mash on the gas because it would go into neutral. And I was listening to the exact same song. But at this time, I was driving a car that was two times the value of my parents' first house. And I sat back and I said, wow. I dreamed of this time. You see, you got to live in a state of wow. When you live in a state of wow, you realize that what you're in right now, although you might not be where you want to be, you're not where you used to be. And when you live in a state of wow, you become a kid again. I want to invite every single one of you to get back to being a kid. Get back to being a kid. Be, get back to being not childish, but childlike. A child doesn't know that it can't happen. My son was so excited today. You want to know why? Because it, tomorrow's Veterans Day. It's Wednesday. He doesn't have school. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a slumber party in his room. And I'm sleeping on the trundle on the, uh, the smaller bed. And I get the opportunity to watch X-Men with him. So as I finish today, what I want to tell you is I was uh, 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 going to see a uh, 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 Dude Perfect, and I didn't realize that it was the first show that we got to see with Dude Perfect. It was the first show they ever did, the live show. My son is a huge YouTuber, and he was like, Dad, we're going to go to, uh, you know, uh, to uh, see Dude Perfect. I said, yes, I'm going to call my friend. As Patrick knows, when you live in Las Vegas, there's nothing that's ever sold out. And I called my buddy, and I said, yo, can you get me my tickets? And I was going to get the tickets up front and get the uh, meet and greet, but my, I called my buddy. I said, should I buy them? He said, no, I got you. If you got a person in Vegas, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I got you. And then the day came when the show was happening, and he hadn't got me yet. And I was trying to be gracious because I ain't trying to, you know, but I was trying to be gracious, but I, I texted him. I was like, uh, you know, hey, the show's today. How you doing today? And he texted me back. He's like, yo, I'm about to get your tickets, blah, blah, blah. But I knew he hadn't got my tickets. I knew he had forgot about me. And then he texts me back frantically, and he's like, yo, I got you the tickets. He sends me the tickets while I look at the tickets, and I'm like, dude, these aren't the tickets that we were talking about. I mean, these were the top edge. Like, at San Diego State, it was the not, I'm not even exaggerating. I was at the last seat on the top of the, the arena. 
And when I looked at the things, I called my pop and I said, pop, we're supposed to go to Dude Perfect. I'm taking my son. I want to expand his brain. I wanted him to do the meet and greet, meet these people, help him to understand that they're just people. They work hard. They have a great attitude and he could do that in life too. And he could succeed. And you know what? I got these booty tickets. I said, dad, I ain't even trying to go because I don't want him to experience this type of life. I'm trying to experience this type of life. And my dad said exactly what he said with the Iron Man pancake. He said, sell it, boy. He said, if you believe in it, he will too. He, he will only have the perception of the type of tickets that you got based off of your reaction. So sell it, boy. And he hung up on me. And we drove down to San Diego State. It's about 45 minutes. We were driving down, and my son was like, Daddy, are we going VIP? Are we going VIP, Daddy? And I said, yes, sir. I don't know exactly where the tickets are, but I, I can't tell you about VIP. He's like, are we going to be VIP? Are we going to be VIP? We got to the uh, stadium after 45 minutes of him asking me in the car. I was trying to fend him off, and then we got there, and I knew. I saw the tickets, and we walked in, and they weren't even seats. There were seats, then there was benches, then there was just concrete slabs on the top of San Diego State. And as I walked in, I saw my tickets and I knew where they were. And we were on the concrete slab, the last one. And we walk in and you walk around the arena one way or the other. Well, we go right. And as we're walking, I looked over and I said, oh my gosh, son. He said, what, daddy? I said, oh my gosh, those are the VIP seats. He said, which ones, daddy? I said, those ones right there. And it was the, <laughs> I pointed right at the, uh, the, the concrete slab on the top. And he's like, oh my gosh, are we VIP? I said, I don't know, son. I can't promise you anything. He said, I hope we're VIP, Dad. And we walked all the way around the arena. The stage is right here. We were literally not the top, but also on the side. So the view was awful. And we got all the way around. And I looked and I said, oh, my gosh, son. He said, what, Daddy? I said, oh, my gosh, son. He said, what, Daddy? I said, we are VIP. I said, there's our seats right there. He said, oh, my gosh, Daddy, we're VIP. He was jumping up and down in the last row. Like there wasn't even people. There was probably 10 rows empty and then there was the last row and there was us. We were the worst seat in the whole entire house and he was jumping up and down. I'm VIP, I'm VIP. And then he, uh, like we were doing it and I was like, man, I'm, I hope he never finds out about this. I've never told him to this day. And he turned to me after a little bit of time, after celebrating, he turned to me. He was very calm and he said, dad, you know how I know we're VIP? And I was like, Damn, he found out. He said, because see all those people down there? Those people in the front row, Daddy. I said, yeah. He said, you see what they can see? I said, yeah. He said, they can only see what they can see, but they can't see what we can see. We can see what they see and what we see. That means that we're VIP. I want you to know that every single one of you has the ability to make lemonade every single day based off of the way that you view things. My name is Kelly Cardenas. 